social presence I wouldn't have had. All he did was he walked door to door, you know, giving out his card, introducing himself, and then he got a website and built himself up. But he did very well doing that. You know, for people who aren't organized, they may be thinking, well, keeping track of everything could be an organizational nightmare. Right. How do you keep track of what you owe who and how much, and is there a system that you've put in place that you have found works best for you to make sure your joint ventures are paid on time? We do it on a very basic level, Michael. You know, I've seen people get real sophisticated. A friend of mine has three laptops and two cell phones and whole deal, and, he, and everything was on a BlackBerry, and everything was getting beamed everywhere else. And the guy went bankrupt. I use a normal diary that I write in with a pen. I don't use a BlackBerry or a laptop. I don't need that. My business is run very, very simply. And the reason why I can do that is because most of my business joint ventures. We have a, a large membership, and we have boot camps that we're doing right across Canada, but the way we do that is all joint ventures. I basically get flown in, they check me into a nice four or five star hotel, everything is paid for, the people are in the room, I do my dog and pony act, and I get paid and they get paid. It's a good, simple system. If you keep it really simple, you don't need a very intricate system and you don't need to get it involved. If you become a control freak and you want to control every cent that you're getting from everybody, you could make it more intricate uh, depending on your personality style. But what we found is that we look at our joint ventures and we see where the money is and we focus on the people that are bringing us good business and good money. Those are the people we work with. If we do a deal with somebody and we see there's not a lot of money coming out of it or we're not comfortable, we walk away. Well, there are a lot of, I guess, bean counters or people who worry about the small details. So, for instance, the thing that popped up in my head, let's say you set up a joint venture with this, for example, you gave me the example of this contact who had 11,000 members, and let's say he promoted some of your physical products that you sell, and then you're paying him a percentage of the gross. But let's say there's an issue with you have a generous return policy and you have a certain percentage returning that. Do you get bogged down into figuring out what's returned, or do you just pay on the gross even though there's returned items? Most people that have that um, factor in a 10% return. They, they factor that in so they don't have to go back and get commissions back. We do everything on an affiliate program, and uh, we do not offer money-back guarantees. I know that we could increase our sales doing that, but you also increase your admin. Your administration. Exactly, big time. And we're not interested in that. So we don't offer a money-back guarantee. We say to people, if you want, we don't negotiate price. So we kick members out if they don't abide by a code of ethics. We don't beg for business. We don't discount. So we say, look, there's no money-back guarantee. You want to do business with us? You do business. Money-back guarantee, none of that. Because what that does is it causes a lot of admin. You get one or two people keeping you busy. And we say, if you want to do business with us, do business. If you don't, that's fine. But there's no money-back guarantee. We don't hard products if we can avoid it. We do everything as downloads. Um, and when we do do hard products, we do that on trade. So our cost is very low on that. You know, a lot of people would think not offering a money-back guarantee would hurt business. You know, there's another yeah. very good marketer, a guy named Matt Fury. Have you heard of him? If you go to mattfury.com, he sells information products on, like, street fighting and things like that, exercise and health. But if you go to his order page, go take a look at his money-back guarantee. He absolutely does not offer a money-back guarantee, but the way he has worded it has turned it into a benefit. And maybe something you want to look at. It's really brilliant. Is that Fury, F-U-R-Y? I'm not exactly sure. If you do a Google search, you'll find it, mattfury.com. Right.
Okay, take a look at his return policy. It's brilliant. Thank you very much. Let's do another story, either from one of your members or even another success story from yourself. What else can you think of? One of the things that has worked really well for us is selling other people's products. I stopped doing consulting. I just refer somebody to another consultant and I get paid. I told you about the gift certificates that work really well. People respond to the gift certificates. There's a code on the gift certificate. We get paid for any resulting business from that. One thing that has worked very well for us is championing somebody that we really believe in and saying, if you're really looking for good business training, this is the person you should talk to. And that has worked very well for us because if you look at the return on investment and you look at your cash flow and you look at how fast you can turn that money around, we have one company that every now and again we're getting $6,000, $7,000 checks from them because we championed that company. We really focused on promoting that person. And you're and promoting it through your contacts. That's right. And so it's a good third-party intervention. But one of the things that we found is focus. There's a good focus and there's a bad focus. The bad focus is when I'm a financial planner, that's all I do, that's all I see. So I've got no back end. I don't talk to anybody else. You know, you buy my product or not. That's a bad focus because you're limiting yourself like a supermarket that says we're only going to sell bread and milk. That's not necessarily a good focus. But a good focus is to say, of all the things I do, where is the highest return on investment? I'm going to keep on doing all the things because that's going to build my funnel, it's going to build my database, it's going to build my branding. But let me focus on the things where I've got a good high return and a really comfortable feeling about that. And that works very, very well. So when we do that, we look for people that we really like and trust that are delivering massive, unprecedented value that are, that are unique in the way that they present that. And we really do a lot of work on promoting them. And that has worked very well for us because we realize that you can't be all things to all men. We only promote people we really believe in. If you're going to promote and really champion someone, what are you going to ask for in return? Well, in many cases, and this is what we tell newbies that, that haven't been in joint ventures before, we say, if you were to approach me, Robin, and you were to say, we want to sell your products and services, what can you offer me? I would say, well, we can give you brochures and flyers. We can give you a replicator site, free teleclasses, free downloads, free seminars. We would give them marketing tools and marketing material in order to promote us that they can use to bring us business. So I would say to somebody, first of all, I want you to tell me what sort of amount can I expect to get? How much money could I reasonably make from you on a monthly basis, given my resources and your marketing material and your track record? And if they can show me a good return, which I deem to be good, and if I can see a long-term residual income on it, I would consider doing that to them. But because we limit, you know, we can't promote everybody, we've got to be very, very selective in, about who we promote, how we promote them, and, and what we expect to make out of that. But what I've learned, Michael, is that you, know, you can't be all things to all men, and you've got to be very selective. That brings up a really important point, and that is being selective on who you're going to bring to another potential party. Because let's talk about the nightmares that can occur if you put a bad deal together as far as you could ruin someone's reputation. Can you give me some nightmare stories, one or two that you've thought of, that, and we can learn from those examples of what not to do? One of our members is a very well-known guy in Toronto. He's a, a physician and he's a very nice guy and a friend of mine. And he emailed me and he said, Robin, there's a guy in Chilliwack, B.C. that is really he's very impressive to me and he's interested in meeting you and doing some business. So first thing I do is Google him. I Googled this guy. I found out he's got three fraud cases against him. 
you know, which is very scary. And so the nightmare stories is when you promote somebody that is a shyster or a rip-off artist, these guys that are doing a lot of offshore stuff that is not kosher, you know, that people are losing their money. If you introduce somebody to somebody that they can lose their life savings, you could really land yourself with a, into a lot of trouble. So you want to be very selective who you promote and under what circumstances you promote them. We used to sell businesses. We sold for 18 years we sold businesses. And we know that the percentage of people that fail is, is 87% of new businesses are going to fail in the first five years. We would never sell a business to somebody that we felt could not recover from the loss of all their capital. Because we knew 13% of them were going to make it. Were you selling businesses in South Africa or here? Yes, and here. Were you a business broker? We would consult. In South Africa, we would create and sell. But we would be agents for franchises, distributorships, dealerships, that sort of thing. So you made sure before you sold it to somebody that they were kosher, they had a good reputation, and that they weren't a shyster. Exactly. If a man could not survive the loss of that capital investment, we would not sell him the business. And that's a good place to come from because if you can walk away from that commission because of your integrity, I think then you, there's no self-sabotage going on with you. You've got a good self-esteem, good image. You believe that you deserve and you start making money. That's the psychological side of it. But that was our rule of thumb because we knew that no matter how good the business is, people fail. And so the nightmare is when you get involved with the wrong people. And there's a lot of con men out there. There's a lot of businesses that are surviving because they're using the money of the investors to pay their own salaries, but they're not making money. And they're continually getting new investors in. And there's a lot of that in the lower mainland. So you've got to be really careful who you get involved with. There's one guy here that is very well known, that is on all the big courses and stuff, big talker, and he's got people that have lost 450 grand with him. But he's riding the tiger, he keeps on getting new investors, keeps on promising them more stuff. When you know that, you don't want to do business with that. So I think the biggest risk is dealing with the wrong people. And so do a good due diligence on them, you know, even get a detective on them if necessary, but make sure the people you're dealing with are not in debt. Desperate people tend to do desperate things. So we're not dealing with desperate people. We, we do Google on them, we check them out, we do reference checks as much as possible. Okay, so talking about all this, it just brings up a little red light. Let's say I want to become a joint venture broker. Am I going to need some kind of insurance? Can I be liable if I bring two parties and something bad happens? I'm sure someone's had that run across their mind. How would you address that? Well, we live in a litigious society, and so we suggest that people incorporate, number one, that they deal through an incorporated company and that they talk to their lawyers about their exposure and talk to their insurance agents about getting appropriate insurance. But again, we're not lawyers, so we can't give that kind of advice. The best advice that I got for people is, number one, deal with the right people. Be very careful who you deal with, and that's why we started the forum with a, chamber, with a code of ethics. It's not guaranteed, but it's a good place to start. You're sitting with 270 people right away that want to do joint ventures, which is it's hard to find. Only 1% of small to medium business owners understands and uses joint ventures. Now, it's hard for you to believe. But it really is true that the average guy has no idea about this stuff. You're doing it automatically all the time, Michael, but I think you realize that most people don't understand this stuff. So here, as they join the forum, they've got access immediately to 270 people. And it's growing all right, well, let's talk about some of the services that you provide. So what can someone find, and what's in it for them? Find out more about us and all about what we do. They'll find out about the one-day boot camps that we do. They'll find out about the membership. They can sign up for a, a little six-piece mini-course on joint ventures. The weekly podcast that they can get, there's free downloads that they can get. There's 
articles that they can read. They can go to our blog. These, these are both linked to our blog. So there's lots of free information. There's a lot of information about who we are, what we do. Just quickly to finish what I'm saying, we would say, first of all, make sure that, that you deal with the right people. But secondly, if there's no money or, and no risk involved in the deal, your chances of getting sued are very low. You know, if somebody's not losing money, how are they going to sue you? So that's the two criteria. But getting back to the website, on those two websites, people will find free information that they can use and they can contact us if they have any questions. How would I benefit by joining this forum? What is the forum and how is it used and what kind of people are on it? Okay, well, your last question first. What kind of people is all kinds of people? We've got multimillionaires, we've got retailers, we've got professionals, we've got employees. We've got a, a kid that is in grade 12 who has access to 20,000 kids across Canada that want to learn about entrepreneurism. We've got a whole range of people right across, restaurant owners, uh, spa owners, you name it, doctors, lawyers, financial planners. So we've got a whole range of members, and they're from all over the world. We've got a guy in England sign up this morning in Liverpool. We've got a guy yesterday in, in New York, in Queens. Uh, you, know, you name it. So these are a list of people from all over the world who are basically listing their assets that they have. Not financial assets, but maybe personal assets of people they know, access to list, access to distribution, access to products all across the board? Um, many of them are not listing anything. Many of them are just becoming members because they want to start getting involved. So a lot of them do not list what they've got. They first want to build relationships, and that's the difference. The forum is about building relationships and getting access to good people. It's not about spamming or advertising. What we've done is we said, let's find like-minded people that want to do joint ventures, that want to build relationships with other good people, that want to abide by a code of ethics. We give them a free convention every year, at least one convention, sometimes more, every year, free of charge. They get, the next one is April 8th in Edmonton, Alberta, at uh, the West Edmonton Mall, the largest mall in North America, the Fantasyland Hotel. We've got four great speakers, awards, dinner. Their cost is $86 for their food for the whole day, their breakfast, lunch, supper, awards, dinner, everything. So they get a lapel pin, they get access to the database, they get a listing on the database with a username and password. Every two weeks we have a conference call for members. They get a great commission structure. They get $50 on every member they bring in at $197. We're starting replicator sites in two weeks. They'll have to be able to get a replicator site. And they can use our logo and slogans, or our logos, basically. And they get access to local meetings. We've got meetings running right now in Vancouver, Whistler, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. And that's just in Canada because we started a year ago, we started the forum in Canada. Now it's starting to take off. Now our goal is to move strongly into the U.S. so that they can have local members meetings every month in the U.S. as well. Well, look, people have been on the Internet. They've seen pitches for joint ventures. They've seen Jay Abraham's got joint venture product. It seems like everyone's got a joint venture product. What separates your joint venture product and forum apart from all these others, or is it the same rehash stuff that you hear from everybody? Well, that's a very good question, and what we do is really unique, and the reason why I found that is because we look for people that are doing what we're doing so we could joint venture. We love competition. We found that, and I'm not going to mention any names, but some people that are doing joint ventures are working on a very high level. They're very verbose, they use a lot of big words, and they talk over the heads of most of the people that, are, that they're talking to. People that have never been in business or that are small businesses just don't understand what the hell they're talking about. That's the first problem, that they really are so used to big numbers and big business. They're missing the market. 
can't talk to the small guy. He's That's right. He's got a dog wash, right? He doesn't understand it. But right, right. Big words in <laughs> you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I and do. The other guy that is all about the internet, you know, make millions on the internet with affiliate programs. And they're usually people that you can't call. You can't find these guys. They're sort of hiding away somewhere in cyberspace, and there's no way of checking who they really are. And they also, they're promising the world on the internet, and they're selling all sorts of products and stuff. So it doesn't mean it doesn't work. One of our members is a very well-known guy, Chuck Anderson, and he does a good job, but he looks after his people, and they don't all do that. So you've got the internet, you've got the big guys that are talking big, and then you've got the MLM people, the network marketing guys, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's one form of income. Uh, is there a networking opportunity selling a joint venture program, a multi-level? I don't know, and I wouldn't be involved in that. We, we realize that network marketing works for a few people, and it works as one income source from one company. We're looking at multiple streams of income from you know, it's really spreading the risk and, and leveraging that. So we're not that focused on one thing. Nobody seems to be doing what we're doing. We're reaching real people in the real world where people can actually call me up and talk to me on the phone, and they know what my physical address is, and they know where I live, and they can actually get to see me. So we're not hiding somewhere in cyberspace. We're not charging $5,000 an hour. We're real people. That's why it's working for us. We had a meeting last night. We had 45 members meet in, in a downtown restaurant in Vancouver to sponsored by Trade Exchange Canada, actually, on trade. We had a great meeting. And some of the people in that room are very wealthy. Some of them got no money. And it doesn't matter. They know who we are. We meet them. They know my wife's name. And it's a real world. So we deal with small to medium businesses and employees that want to get into business. And that's, who I think, what differentiates ourselves. It's real money, real time, real world. All right. Let's, I like this idea. I like it because you don't have to necessarily own a product and you don't necessarily have to have access to millions of people, but you have to be able to understand it and put two and two together. So if I said, okay, Robin, I want to give this a go, what would be a realistic expectation or a realistic goal you would recommend that I set for myself, and how would I first start once I claim that I want to do and be a joint venture broker? Well, first of all, we say you have to understand how to do it. So we would suggest that you get the training. If you get on the boot camp, you learn how to do it. All right. Can I get that training all on CD and stuff if I ordered it? Yeah, we could do that as well. And if you attended physical, real boot camps, all the future boot camps are free of charge after that. We're not getting people running to the back of the room to buy products. We're not upselling them at the end of the seminar because we make our money on joint ventures. The reason for the forum and for the training is to create joint venture partners for ourselves. That's where the real money is. I'm not going to come to Canada for a training, so I can get the training all, uh, order it online and get it sent to me? You could get a download, you could get a physical product, you get a whole boot camp on, on CD, you get the workbook, you could buy products online. We've got JVs for seniors, JVs for teenagers, JVs for immigrants, you name it. We've got lots of products. Okay. So, so get educated first on the philosophies. Exactly. All right, then what? Once you're educated, the next step would be to realize that, you know, somebody's been earning, and I'm not being facetious now, but somebody's been earning $3,000 a month or $4,000 a month. He's not going to all of a sudden jump to $20,000 a month. Not because it's not possible, but because they can't believe and conceive that that's possible. And so, realistically, people that are earning $3,000, they're going to start moving up more slowly. Somebody that's used to earning $20,000 a month, they're going to move faster because their expectations are higher, their belief is higher, their confidence level is higher, so they're going to work at a higher level. They're going to expect more. So we have to be realistic about that. You know, we have people that say, you know, if I can make an extra $1,000 a month, my whole life will change. Oh, and it would, yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of people like in that situation. So realistically, what amount of money would make a significant difference in your life? And that's different for everybody. Then we need to say, well, what is the quickest, easiest, most effective, risk-free, cost-free way of doing that through joint ventures? And let's look. We've got 25 different systems that we share with them on a boot camp. We teach them the mindset, and we show them this is how you approach people. This is what you do. Now, let's look very realistically. If you're bringing business to a realtor, there's a long process before you get paid. There's a sales cycle involved there. Deal might fall through. It takes time. If you send somebody to the dog wash, you're going to get paid faster, but it's very small money. So realistically, who are you dealing with? And when you talk, for example, with financial planners and realtors, they say, well, we've got a code of ethics and we've got a governing body and dentists, and we can't pay commissions. And that's true, but they can pay consulting fees, they can pay advertising fees. So the semantics, you know, people understanding when people say, I can't pay you, I don't want to pay you, why should I pay you, what to say? And then to put an action plan together, to say, well, let me focus on three income sources. Let me find three people that I know and trust, probably in the forum. I only deal with members of the forum, but they can deal with anybody. Let me find three people, see what they can pay me, get their marketing material, and then focus on that. And let me see how I could simply link them up. If I meet Bob, and Bob is looking for access, or he wants a lot of customers, and Michael has a big database, let me put that deal together. You know, the potential is much larger than me going out knocking on doors. There should be no cold calling or selling or anything. It's really just linking resources. That's all of it. I think the important thing is level of motivation, Michael. You know, we talk to a lot of people that talk the talk and they say, you know, I really want to make money. I want to do this. You've got to ask yourself a very serious question. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being I don't care, 10 being whatever it takes, how badly do you want to succeed? And how badly do you want what you say you want? And you've got two options. You can go out and get a job or you can go out and go and buy a business and probably going to cost you all your savings and you've got a 13% chance of succeeding. Or you can become a joint venture broker for $1,000 for two people and um, we'll get the products and then use that and learn from that or join the forum for $197. It's a far better business opportunity in my estimation and my experience than going out and buying a conventional business because this way you can do it, no money, no risk, you've got unlimited opportunity, you can spend a little bit of time, make a call. Let's give you one good free last example. There's a fellow that has a good return on investment, 17% annualized return, RRSP eligible or 401k eligible here in Vancouver. Good, solid, real business local. Most people are making 1% to 2% on their RRSP venture money. They can shift their money into that investment and go from 1% to 17%. We have a member that calls me up and she says, my uncle is interested in moving his money. I talk to the uncle and introduce him to this business. And the guy that owns the business, Craig, does all the work. He does all the introduction, all the due diligence, shows him the books, does all the work. So the member made one call to me. I made one call to the uncle and one call to, to Craig. If he moves $100,000, I get 10% of that money up front, and I split that to the member. So we each make $5,000. And this is happening on a regular basis. All they're doing is moving money, and we're getting paid. We've got somebody that does financial uh, bridge financing. I get 10%. I split that with a member. You know, that, all that is an introduction to a solution. Well, what about all the people here in America? You know, you're in Canada, and they think, well, all your members are probably Canadian. Is it going to be realistic for me to do deals with Canadians even though I'm in America? Well, that's a good part about it. Joint ventures don't know any boundaries. You can do business anywhere in the world with joint ventures. We've got members 
literally was in our member in Australia that introduced you to me, Andrew Kavanaugh. We've done a lot of business with Andrew, and I've never met him. With the U.S. being so close to Canada, frankly, I find it very easy to do business with Americans compared to Canadians. They're less risk-averse. There's a huge amount of people in the U.S. Once we break into the state with our membership, we're going to be unstoppable because Americans are faster moving, generally speaking, than Canadians. And that's a known fact. Canadians are more you know, risk-averse and they don't move, move as fast. But there's a lot of business everywhere in the world. It doesn't matter whether it's American or Canadian. That's unimportant. We've got a lot of Canadians that are doing a lot of business with Americans and vice versa. It's an imaginary line. And that's all it is. Did you consider doing some of the real higher dollar, higher level deals, you know, in the hundreds of thousands or million dollar ranges? And if not, why not? Have you thought about doing that? Or are you pretty much doing the lower end stuff? We've got a client right now. One of our members went on a program. He's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars. They want us to get involved. And all we will do is promote them. So if the deal happens, I will make fifty to $100,000. You know, it's not about the amount of money. It's the principle. So we're not averse to, to that. What I've found in my experience is that the big million-dollar deals, they happen rarely, so it's good to have a good mix of deals. My last partner that I had in South Africa was an East Indian guy who was just a brilliant businessman. He sold out recently for millions and millions of dollars. And we were in a, in a partnership, a 50-50 deal in a certain business that I was running. And he said to me, he said, you know, you've got to understand that the big, big deals are great and they happen, but they happen rarely, and they often take a lot of time. So you can do a lot of small deals or you can do big deals and small deals. So we prefer to do 80% smaller deals, with small is relative, and 20% we work on the big deals. What would you say when you're looking for a joint venture to put together what one of the most important assets other than the integrity of the business owner that you're dealing with is to look for? Would you say it's the customer base, the reputation, the product that they have, or all of the above? Any? I think all of the above, but also the potential. You know, can this deal make me a minimum amount of X per month? For the least amount of effort. Yeah, and, and if that can work for me and I feel comfortable with that, I'm going to test it. And if it starts working properly and it starts working soon, then I might pursue that. Again, well, you've got to be really careful about who you introduce because we've found that some people that have got big names out there, I've always said big database, big ego. And that has been a bit disappointing to me. Some of these big speakers out there that are you know, out on the stage all the time, they're making a lot of money, but they're not the kind of people I want to do business with necessarily. When it comes to the egos, it's, it's hard to do, do business with a guy who thinks he's self-important kind of guy. Yeah, I understand. What can we see and expect from you guys in the future? If you're working on some affiliate stuff with your website, tell me what are your plans for the next couple of years here? Well, with our replicator sites will be ready in two weeks. Our screensavers will be ready in a week. We're growing all the time, and what we've done is we decided to grow slowly and conscientiously. We're doing boot camps continually across Canada. We started off with 20 people in the boot camp. Our boot camp in Toronto in April, we're expecting 100 people in that boot camp. So we are growing and we're growing consistently. The only reason why we're not in the States yet is because we've been wanting to build a solid system. And the system is now in place. We're ready to move into the U.S. We will be moving in this year. We expect a minimum of 1,000 members by the end of the year. What are the replicator sites for? The replicator site is basically a cloned website where a person can buy this website and pay a small monthly fee for it. And we will teach them. And they share the difference. With a lot of network marketing companies, people have got replicator sites, but they don't know how to market them. We will teach them and continually teach them how to market so they get a good chunk of the money 
and they build our business. Once that starts happening, we'll have exponential growth. And we can then bring other people into the loop, but they've got to be members. If they're not members, we will not do business, because we feel that there's got to be some sort of guideline in terms of ethics, and that's worked well for us in the past. But what you can expect to see is, is our goal is to reach millions of people worldwide, establish ourselves in the UK and, and the US very strongly. That's our target market right now, the US and the UK. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Hi, it's Michael Sanoff with HardToFindSeminars.com. Here is another tip for you. If you ever wanted or dreamed about making money part-time from home, working as a business growth specialist, or in other words, working as a marketing consultant, well, I've got good news for you. There are over 20 hours on my site all having to do with how to become a marketing consultant. In these recordings, you'll hear me doing live calls getting clients, making real money all by phone, never having to drive out to make appointments, never meeting face-to-face, all following a simple system that I'm going to hand to you on a silver platter where you can do the same thing. See, I believe to become a marketing consultant, you shouldn't have to invest a bunch of money up front. I want to give you the tools to go out there and get your first client before you pay anything. And that's what I have waiting for you at Hard to Find. Seminars.com. If you go to the homepage at hardtofindseminars.com and click on the audio clips, and if you scroll down a little bit and go to the page H, that's page H, there you will see all my recordings on marketing consulting. There you will hear me do live, real calls, consulting with prospects, and you'll hear me making real money, closing the sale at the end of this presentation. This is an education that you won't find anywhere else, only here at hardtofindseminars.com. What are you waiting for? Get on over to page H at hardtofindseminars.com, and I hope to see you as a successful marketing consultant. Enjoy.